This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Check them out at jewishjournal.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit 2njb.com slash donate. All right, yes. so basically we're live everywhere on all platforms. Essentially. Any, any platform that ever existed, you could find us yep. somewhere there at the bottom of the barrel. We have 45 people on yeah. Facebook. So we're, we're also on Facebook, guys, and uh, on YouTube. So if you leave comments, we'll try and get to them. If you have questions or, or whatever, give us a shout out. Um, okay. Anyway, so let's get I to it, man. I have the lineup, though. I got, uh, I got it right here. You can okay. take it. So, Aiden got engaged, guys. It <laughs> nice, happened. Nice way to start. Yeah. Yeah, I got engaged. It happened. Um, to whom? To whom? <laughs> don't don't ask don't ask tough questions. All right, man. Well, you don't believe me? You've met her. No, no, I know. You met her Just, once. I, I, the audience, the the, the, the no, listeners don't know. No, or no, or knows her well. Um, Sharon is my is my future wife. Uh, the most amazing woman on earth, and um, except your mom, maybe. Uh, that's a that's a <laughs> tough one. No comment. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, she's we 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 got engaged. I think it was last Friday. Uh, I popped the question at home. You know, how did you do it? I did it modestly. I'm not a guy to put on like a big show. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't gonna get a hot air balloon. And did then... you brush your teeth at least before you did it? No. So that was my strategy. I didn't. I brushed my teeth, but I didn't let her brush her teeth because it was first thing, right? Yeah. I didn't want her to. Br- I wanted her to kind of be have Natural. morning breath and be kind of groggy and gross and like feel bad mm-hmm. about herself, so that her prospects seemed like not so good. Mm. And then That's... you know, when I popped the question, I would seem like, oh, this is you know, this is a great. This is a great prospect. She'd say yes, brush her teeth, realize the horrible mistake she's made, <laughs> but it's too late. That's a solid plan. It was romantic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was really, it was nice. It was nice. I, I, it's, it's a, I, I don't know. I like, I could tell you about it, but I kind of feel like it's a. It's your moment. I had a, I had so, a buddy who kind of put it like he did it in a big park with like everybody around and you know to each his own but like it's not my style right you know it's yeah. a it's a private moment but we got engaged we're happy now now starts the headache of like figuring out what the wedding hell in do. israel it's like uh i oh, don't know what's man. going on in the states yeah but in israel it's i would say it's a three four months of almost a full-time job that's that's like that's the low end of the time scale it's, but that, that's when it's, it's a full-time job. Three, four months. It can be up to... Some people take a year, year and a but half not, to do it. But not full-time. The not first full-time. six no, months, no. it's part-time. And yeah. then in the, that, the last three or four months, it's full-time job. But it's, cr- it's craziness. I don't know uh, the American listeners. I, I mean, there's, there's, all kinds of, there's all kinds of different sizes of weddings. I mean, I haven't been too many in the States. Mm-hmm. To too many in the States. But, but that's just the, the camera. Okay, but there's there's like weddings that, you know, there's a hundred there's hundred people weddings, there's twenty people weddings, there's a thousand. Here in Israel, 
the average size wedding like is 300 350 oh, even people more. 350 i think would i would say is average 200 is small and uh and I think weddings can get up to a thousand easily 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 if you don't yeah take no, measures. no but three three to four hundred is normal it's not more than that but, six, five six hundred is already big but that's what's that 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 brings up the big dilemma because basically you're two people you're getting married you think it's just you right like it's mm-hmm. your wedding you should do what you want alas alas lo and behold <laughs> there is this thing called jewish parents oh no <laughs> jewish family oh my god and you know each has an opinion woe to you if you disappoint them for example and, uh, no, I mean you have like, like each parent has the people he or she must invite. And... It's just, it's not just even he must invite. It's just family. Family is there's big family. There's lots of cousins, parents, cousins. Because you guys are Moroccan, so we're Moroccan. Of... She's Yemenite, so those are big families. Right. Generally speaking, and like, like my family consists of seven people. Yeah, yours is like. <laughs> 700 i think just the family (laughs) side of our guest list is like uh no joke just first cousins (laughs) uncles and aunts right and and like immediate and nuclear family is over 200 people no yeah so that's just the family and then we have you know like friends friends people you gotta invite otherwise yeah i gotta speak to you about that by the way uh i don't know if we're gonna have space No, but you can you can come, but just don't bring up date. <laughs> just don't bring a bring, date. You can come, bring the money, and leave. <laughs> and leave, and you can <laughs> leave your date. That's not a bad deal, actually. <laughs> I, I take that deal for most weddings. It's actually, not bad. Yeah. Um, no, not leave the money. I, I wouldn't want it. That's the that's the worst part about weddings in Israel. It's yeah, like you pay in the states. You have like a, you usually have a what is it called? Uh, I forgot what it's called. There's like a uh, you go online and you can buy them a gift. Um, they publish like, like what they publish like? a list. Oh, that's so dreamy. That, yeah, so that people, you know, you don't get seven toasters oh. and four sets of dishes. That's wise. So you have a uh, Americans figured someone, it out. Someone, someone comment. What is it called? Anyway, I don't remember. Um, but you have that, and you don't bring money. Mm. And there's a whole scale of things. But in Israel, for our listeners, it's customary to bring like good old Jews money, cash money. A good friend, like an acquaintance, easily 350 shekels uh, an acquaintance, per person. Not a good friend, yeah. Acquaintance. Like, that's yeah, the minimum. He got worried. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's, get, let's, get our, let's get our expectations aligned. Oh, my God, here. the look. It's, just, it's for acquaintance. Yes, yes, for acquaintance. No, no, no. But <laughs> seriously, like, I'm, I'm just, I'm a stickler for, uh, you know, but also you better bring a lot more than that. No, I'm kidding. But so if you're a couple, just for acquaintance, it's 700 shekels easily, yeah. and if it's good friends, it's much more. Yeah, and that's in dollars, like 100 dollars minimum. Yeah, it's a it's like a hundred bucks minimum. I'm just telling like per person. Honestly, let's let's get our our personal shit out of this because okay. then it's going to get uncomfortable. Okay, I'll but, bring you your 450 I, I, shekels. Yes, Don't I, worry. I expect at least <laughs> two, three thousand, but whatever. <laughs> That's aside the point. But I think, like, seriously, like, I just went to a friend's wedding. I hope he's not watching this. I think I left something like, like a friend from work, uh, right? Which okay. we're not close. We've yeah, never hung out privately. Friend, and it's friend. like 350, 400 shekels yeah. or something. 
And then, yeah, and then family, like, so it's... But the other side is that it's so super expensive to, to produce a wedding for the couple. Yeah. So most of that money goes to cover the expenses, the which is the hall, yeah. which can easily get to what? 100,000 like shekels? 70, 80, yeah, 100,000. Like like on, on the low end, it's like 60. On the high end, it can be 150,000. And then you have the food... You yeah. have the shekels. We're talking about shekels, shekels guys. So yeah. sixty thousand is like so, uh, eighteen thousand bucks. Right. Hundred and fifty thousand. You can easily get yeah. to thirty, forty thousand. Yeah. And then, so there's this whole yeah. headache, man. It's just this whole like I just started talking to uh, Can you like but you can't go alternative. If you have a family of two hundred people plus let's say fifty friends each, I, it's let's say So we're that's going... a debate. Is that like okay, I could do just family and like Four friends, five friends, I don't know. How many ten, friends do you ten, have? Yeah, Let's... really. I don't know if I could even find five. <laughs> but no, but seriously, like five friends each, let's say, and their date. So that's like 10 each, that's 20 all total. And then family, just like the, the nuclear core. family and like grandparents, and that's it. Maybe even be... some grandparents won't make it. Yeah, but the question ideal. is, do you want it like, like do you want just like a 40 person, 50 joke. person? I don't, yeah, I don't know what you said. I wasn't listening. Okay. I'm glad I wasn't, <laughs> judging from your reaction to your own joke. But, uh, that was a good one, though. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> but, listen uh, later. So like 50, 60 people. But then it's like, do you want to just have... And where do you do a wedding that that's small? Like Israel's not, mm, yeah. Israel's not prepared for that yeah. small of a wedding. Like, yeah. Um, well, yeah. good luck, man. You'll yeah, need it. I but feel congrats. Like, I feel like that is... It's actually... It's actually like a, like a good part about the whole right. It's like, it's you like go a, through hell like and back trial. together. Yeah, it's like a trial right at the beginning. Like yeah. here is a ridiculously difficult task in which you have to please everybody except for yourselves and like not insult and anybody. Spend more money than you ever had. A lot of money, will yeah, have. and not and and you know like. And deal with the politics of like who pays for this and how much to pay for it and right. how much and and all this shit mm-hmm. get to the finish line and then you're married. I think that's why so many couples get divorced. <laughs> but uh, the seeds for the divorce yeah, are are planted. <laughs> yeah, in the, uh, in the, in the yeah. marriage process. Wow. So congrats. So girls, bad news. I know it's a dark day for our female listeners. Yeah. Yeah, but no I mean, hope. I've basically been in a relationship this whole time, so they... Yeah, but you know, they kept their hopes up. Yeah. They even, some of them, you know, did some bad some things. Some of our male listeners, too, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> We're a pluralistic <laughs> podcast. Right. So right, sorry, right. ladies and, and, and some and gents. of our non, non-gendered listeners as well. Yeah, that's true. Uh, or bi-gender. Maybe some of our non-gendered guests. Right. And some of the pets of our... <laughs> non-gender <laughs> listeners uh, anyway <laughs> not sure about that um but the good news is i'm still available yeah yeah but only for pets we need to have like a website for your uh yeah Naor is still available is Naor still available dot com <laughs> just, says, <laughs> just the answer no. and your phone number <laughs> like if it's a yes it has your phone number no it has like a like a number for a machine that just leaves a message yeah yeah okay all right so congrats thank you man thank you and many years of happiness thank you and uh yeah i'm expecting a big gift okay all right and i'm expecting a big old baby (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's that's the you know the next like naturally the next like you get married to get everybody off your back 
about like get getting married, married, get married, and, and then, then and then you just yeah. get them like nagging. You, you have that old Moroccan grandmother, right? Yeah. How did, did she was the first one I t- I told when I met Chawan. How old Chawon. is she? Or huh? Do we know how old is she? Even? She's like eighty five. Like she doesn't between really eighty five and ninety. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. By the way, with just to explain with like um, like. Uh, um, Moroccans and like a lot of people who made Aliyah to Israel from uh, from the North African and Arab countries, they don't have like an exact birthday. Yeah, they don't often they don't know their exact birthday. Right. Um, but yeah. So anyway, she was the first one I told when I met Shalon. Mm. She was like, like when you know when it's like between the going on dates and dating like uh, stages. Mm-hmm. She was the first one like that. I dis- before I told my parents, I was like, listen. You can calm down. <laughs> I have a girlfriend, and she was like, "Oh my God, bless be you!" And she like named all the rabbis that ever Kapala. existed. And, Kapala alecha, my soul. Yeah. Um, nice. But yeah. Okay. So anyway, anyway, can, we can enough talk about, about Eitan. Yeah. Let's talk about Eitan. No, just kidding. We have more Eitan subjects coming up. But before that, um, so we had we aired last week. Um, an episode that's called uh, Is Israel a Socialist or a Capitalist Country? Yeah. With Dr. Um, Ellie Cook. Cook. And actually it got many, many ricochets from it. Really? Yeah. I got personal, I got people, people wrote me like, and also on Twitter, uh, someone said, uh, oh, we're live in the homepage of Arutz Sheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. That's oh, pretty amazing. cool. Amazing. Guys, go to Facebook. If you're on the homepage, go to Facebook. Check us so, out on the Facebook page and comment. Um, so on Twitter, someone wrote us. Let's see if we find it. Um, uh, 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 uh. Someone wrote Peleg. I don't know if it's your Peleg, but he said, I have enjoyed your podcasts to date and listen regularly. And regularly. listen religiously. Uh, religiously. But this one was ridiculous. Some of your questions and assertions just amazed me. You came across as so out of touch with the issues of inequality. And then okay. I wrote him, like, we, w- do you want to elaborate? And then we can read it. And then he disappeared. So, Pelag, we, we await your, your comment. And then someone else wrote me yesterday and started to argue with me on WhatsApp. And he was like, he, he said essentially that we missed the whole point of... First of all, that there is competition in the kupot cholim. How do you say it in English? In the uh, like uh, healthcare provider, uh, right? Providers, and that also we completely ignore the fact that some uh, that their NGOs are a good alternative to a private market, but they are still better than when the state controls a market. So NGOs like an are between. a good. Yeah, for example, the all the whole ambulance system in Israel is run by an NGO. And he was like, look, it doesn't cost us anything, essentially. Anybody can make an NGO that provides this service and the NGOs can compete and uh, and you get a good service. So that's a good alternative. And so essentially what he said... Well, that when what we, are the NGOs what, competing for? They're non-for-profits. <sighs> that's I a mean, good like, question. I don't understand how you can compete. They're all corrupt, I guess. No, it's not about corruption. Forget about it. like I think corruption is like a side effect of what happens no, when you don't have the proper incentives in place that are merit based. A good but, NGO, the top, the top of the good NGO, they make good salaries, right? 
like the CEO of an NGO in Israel makes like twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars a month. Okay, which is ridiculous sometimes because you sometimes you have these NGOs that are um, uh, for the poor, right? To feed yeah. the poor, and then you look at the website and you see the the CEO makes like forty thousand shekels. Uh, But a I month. still don't understand how they're competing because they're competing because the CEO cares to get a good salary, like he cares to keep his job yeah. in place. Yeah, I mean, but what his point was the whole when we talked in in the episode about the health system because we talked there that we I said or you said that the health system in Israel is completely run by the state and that it should be privatized essentially, and he said that that we dug a hole to ourselves when we said that because in fact there are, there is a lot there's a lot of competition here in in the health. care uh, for example and on the other hand in America you see what happens when it's uh, when it's privatized private. yeah so I think first of all it's important to note that in the US there's more public spending per capita than in Israel so if the idea is that the more you spend publicly on on health care per capita then you get better results and then that doesn't really match up to the, to the stats because the United States, they spend like over $4,000 per capita on health care, mm-hmm. whereas in Israel, it's somewhere around $2,000, $2,500. So it's, it's not quite half, but almost half here. So if you're going to say, you know, Israel, the health care system is so much better than the United States, it's because it's public. I mean, we're spending less per capita on... on uh, meaning government is spending less money per person here. And the other thing is, I think the United States and Israel are both doing really well in health care. And uh, people die in the street in in other countries. No, in, in mean, America also, like people well, without yeah. you But know a friend of mine, a friend of mine was on a trip now in America, and um, he had insurance, but he got something in his eye. Yeah, he went to the hospital in Texas, I think, or Nevada. And um, they said, like, we can take care of it, or, but if you want to be hospitalized, it'll, it's $7,000. What? In, he, okay, he had something in the eye. They said, we can take care of it, but it's going to cost him, you $7,000? No, they, he, they gave him an alternative. They said, we can treat it, try and treat it now without being... Um, without you being hospitalized? Hospitalized, yeah, and this will cost so-and-so, I don't know, a few hundred dollars. Okay, but... But for for the manner for the matter of of argument, if he had to be hospitalized, it'll be seven thousand dollars a day or so something. so i I don't understand the idea that health care I mean basically, I think the idea of health care um, uh, universal health care and socialized health care is predicated on the fact that like this idea that health care is a basic human right, right? Because like you know, you can't. kill someone you can't steal their property oh, it's basic it, their basic human rights to to be able to live to be able to pursue happiness is, society to be able to, to give to be care. able no to be able to pursue happiness to be able to uh own property these are basic human rights that's why people can't steal from you and it's this i mean more extreme is like it's it's a basic human right to have income right and then you see crazy ideas like universal basic income mm-hmm. but i think that's the idea behind health care it's the basic human right to have health care Okay. I don't understand that. I don't understand where you get this idea that it is a basic human right to have well, any kind of health care. Like, if I have a headache, 
if I have a headache, am I, can I just, and I know where people are going to go, this is why you have to get a bit more new, (laughs) and this is where you have to get a bit more nuanced and you have to split healthcare up into different categories and stuff. But if I have a headache, I think we can all agree that it's not my basic human right to be able to get a Tylenol. Like I can't just go into a pharmacy and say, give me Tylenol and expect to have it. I mean, like that's not a basic human right. Um, but don't don't you have an interest as a citizen that everybody basic services, basic services, healthcare services would wouldn't cost seven thousand dollars random or like yeah. random numbers? You do have this I do interest. have an interest, and I think that the the best way to uh, make sure to in, in, uh, to secure the fact that that interest is like met is to have a free market take care of it because I think that it does it in the best way. But I don't. I so again. I don't. I don't think that it's a basic human right. I think that okay. There's room to talk when you're talking about like terminal illnesses and like immediate care, right? Mm-hmm. Like ICU. Like you know, you mm-hmm. need care right now. You come into the hospital with a bullet wound, but that's not most of what healthcare is going on. It's not like to pay for people who are about to die in five minutes, and no one's turned away. I mean, these, I, these, these, these are like myths. Or someone walks in with a bullet wound and they're no, but like, they can end up sorry, the, you don't have insurance. They can, they can, they can end up with a uh, huge debt. They can end up with huge debt, yes. Mm-hmm. But their life will be saved. And then it is on them to make sure that they ha- can pay for the fact that their life was saved, was granted to them. But in Israel... Like, I don't understand. Israel, so you go out, you get it, shot. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, <laughs> you, it's your choice, but you're, you're, you got shot... And then it's just like, I don't understand, that you just get care? I don't know. In Israel, you get care. You get care and you don't end up being bankrupt, which is not that bad, I guess, for most people. Most people would So again, I think there's room to talk about like uh, immediate care and what are the, what are the, the what's provided in those cases Mm -hmm. but i think that most of the time people are encountering the healthcare system not in those situations okay but let's talk okay let's go back to the episode because the thing is guys Eitan actually did research for once for For once once in in his life life. yeah and uh no i i mainly was upset about the uh inequality stuff like i didn't i didn't i don't get the whole idea that um that there's like rampant inequality in the united states and it's awful and like i first of all i don't understand the like why people are upset about inequality at all i don't see how that's a uh a measure of success like do we want ever the because presume like if inequality is a measure of success then presumably the ideal situation would be perfect equality Right, mm-hmm. so we want everybody to be equal, regardless of their, regardless of qualities. whatever, mm-hmm. regardless of anything. Mm-hmm. We want everybody to have exactly the same amount of money. The sa- I mean, I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. No, I guess um, not. But I just don't understand. Like, what does it matter how much richer the rich guy is than the poor guy, if the poor guy is actually doing well, and if he can has the opportunities to enrich yeah. himself. I think then that's the difference between a, ca- a quality of opportunity and quality of outcome. So give us some give us some data. So we talked a bit about like uh I mean, the fact the fact is that this whole idea of like the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer is just false. Like um 
I think the the numbers are that 32%, uh, sorry, from 2000 to 2015, the poorest quintile, so like the poorest fifth of the United States, people who were the poorest, had an increase of 32% in their income. So if you take the poorest fifth of people in the United States, poorest 20% in 2000, and now you take the poor, and this is factoring obviously inflation and all that, you take the poorest 20% of people in 2015, those two have a 32% difference, meaning the people in 2015 are 32% richer than the people in 2000. Is it safe to say it's the biggest jump? I don't know. In, okay. I don't know if it's the biggest jump, but it's huge. huge. Mm-hmm. And you definitely don't probably So what do you deduce these. from that? And there's more than that. What was staggering, and also I told Dr. L.E.Q. Cook, and I don't understand why You know, some people think that we are uh, misinformed on this topic, but what's more staggering is that since 1979, so 1980, mm-hmm. is an 80% increase. So like since the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s, until 2015... And again, factoring the in inflation, talking about the same dollars, mm-hmm. almost doubled their, meaning their life is twice as good now, almost. So it was a shitty life and now it's twice. Twice. Shitty. Shitty. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. That's the idea. You hear poor. So you're like, oh, their, their life is shitty. But no, the poorest people in a nation can have a good life if the nation is doing really well. And then, like, you have to they can have a better this. life. They can have a great life. No, I don't understand. They, can, I mean, like, I don't. If the poorest people in the nation are able to buy themselves food every day of the week, you know, go on vacation. I don't know once a year. Let's say I, I'm not saying this is the situation in the United States, mm-hmm. but I'm saying if that is the situation, they can buy themselves food. They're secure. They can afford health care, and they can go on vacation. What is that? Is that a bad life just because some guy lives in the penthouse of some skyscraper and has, I don't know, okay. a billion times more money? Anything else there from your research? Yeah, so let's, let's go the over data, a few the other data, things. The data is from? just It's be- from the Congressional Budget Office, which okay. is basically like the one source that has probably the best information about income in the United These States. These are hardcore numbers. Yeah. the con- I mean, the Congressional Budget Office is the one that d- like gets decides on budgeting based on income and the united states has the best stats on income in the united states i mean they're the ones that are they need to have the best stats what are we getting uh (laughs) jesus christ loves you i got one oh my god um dina goralnik rafen says uh, oh dina i know dina uh, she says, Mr. A, that's you, I guess, Eitan. Yes. My heart is beating pretty fast. So excited. Photos of Eitan running through my mind. Mazel tov, my friend. <laughs> my friend. Dina was my, uh, she was like the um, the uh, head counselor, but it's not really, she was more of like a mother figure for all of our Gareen when we li- when we first made Aliyah to Israel. Oh, so we lived on a nice. kibbutz and she was kind of like our mom. And, so she uh, means it in a genuine way, not in a stalker yeah. <laughs> way. No, no. Thanks, Dina. That's I nice. love you. And, That's amazing. And Gabrielle Macklin writes, in North America, it takes almost a year or more to plan a wedding. Oh, man. Well, so you had more numbers for us. So, yeah. So one of the other interesting things I saw was that 84% of Americans make more than their parents. The highest percentage is in the bottom quintile, meaning... 
average of all Americans, it's 84%. But I think that the, that is actually much higher in the, in the bottom quintile. So most, like the vast majority of Americans, poorest Americans, the f- poorest 20% again, make more than their parents did. Mm-hmm. So this idea, this is one of the craziest things. This yeah. idea of like, the, we are the 99%, right? Mm-hmm. Occupy Wall Street. This idea that there's 1% that's static and 99% that's just suffering is just ridiculous. There's crazy income mobility in the United States. And that is what was like amazing to me. So this is, this is one thing I found. For at least one year, 12% of Americans will find themselves in that top 1%. So 12%, that top 1% that everybody's like, we are the 99, well, 12% of you are going to be that 1% for at least a year. 39% in the top five. So if you're yelling, okay, never mind, we're the 95%, even a bigger chunk, 39% of you are going to be in the top 5%. 56% of Americans are going to be in the top 10% for a year of their life. So meaning like huge chunk of Americans that are, you know, in the bottom 90% are actually, and this, you can't just say, oh, well, those are all the, no, it's 56%. So some of them, you know, might be actually really poor. will end up getting into the top 10% of income for at least a year. And the same is true. The opposite. That's what's like, mm-hmm. it's not yeah, like, you can go bankrupt. Exactly. Eight, sorry. 54% of Americans will experience at least near poverty in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we're talking a lot about America here and we're tuned as Jewish boys and it's, but I think this just goes to show how if there's more of a free market and you open things up, there's this idea that there's no income mobility, like people can move up and down and a lot of people move down and it's sad. I think it's also relevant to Israel. Um, I, a, I wanted to read something that a friend posted today. Yeah. And uh, it's Hebrew, I'll translate it. It's a friend, it's, he's called Jonathan Bold. Okay, and he wrote the the following, guys. Um, This is summing up 2019. Um, uh, For the the year is about to end, and you will be seeing a lot of uh, yearly um, summaries. Um, But here's a headline that you won't read anywhere, except for the New York Times, where I got this info from. 2019 was the best year in in the history of mankind. Uh, New York Times, who would have thought, right? Um, 1,000 people uh, a day, 1,000 people a day got access to running water in 2019. Uh, Ah, sorry. Um, Yeah. And uh, like like, um, it got all messed up, but uh, like hundreds of thousands got access to electricity, to the internet. Um. It got all mixed up. Wait, let me. Hundreds find of it. thousands were probably pulled out of poverty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Wait, uh, I gotta, I gotta find it on Facebook because I printed I it got wrong. All, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where, 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 no, but where? I think that idea it goes exactly to the same. Here it thing. is. Here it is. So, um, two hundred thousand um, uh, new people got access to running water. Three hundred seventy-five thousand people a day a day in 2019, got access to electricity, and 650,000 people every day got access to the internet. Every day. <laughs> Extreme poverty. That's crazy. 650,000 people, people a, a day. day. That's half half a million. So every like day. something like 
150 million over the year, 180 yeah. million. Extreme poverty, which is defined somewhat people who lived for less than two dollars a day. Yeah, dropped from 41% in the 80s of the entire population to less than 10% today. Yeah. Every day in the last 10 years, 170,000 people became got out of the uh, poverty uh, 170,000 people a every day. every day got out of the extreme poverty uh, definition and there, here's another interesting fact in 1950 mm -hmm. 27% of the people who were born didn't reach the age of 15 um, it's a whole generation it's it's in 1950 so it's just a few decades ago okay less Se than 100 years ago almost 30% of the population never reached the age of 15 today it's 4% 4% and yeah. in 1950 it was 27% 27 so never in the history of <sighs> mankind so many kids reached adulthood so if you need to choose from the entire history which year you should get born in so 2019 it's a no-brainer you know and i'm sure 2020 is going to be better uh unless cool, a huh? world war breaks out <laughs> <laughs> and we all die uh, um, no that is pretty that's amazing man right and it like honestly it's it, it brings me back to that you remember that we the, here in israel there was a uh, web series made by the uh kind of p uh npr not npr uh, pbs of israel mm -hmm. like the uh, israel public broadcasting corporation mm -hmm. Uh, okay. con, and it was called Why, Why, Why. It was all about Generation Y. Mm -hmm. And at one of the episodes, the the host of the show uh, made the comment. You remember this? No. He basically said uh, that the realization, he, he was talking about actually the housing market in Israel. He said that the realization he came to at the end of the episode was that... Our parents we, had it better. No, that oh. we were born in the wrong decade. <laughs> and so I, I, like, I remember I, I wrote to him and I asked him, What decade would you rather be born in? And he did this Q and A sesh, mm -hmm. and the like. His answer was just completely like, of like dodge the subject. He said, "I don't know if you're trying to make an insult here, but what I actually meant was." And it's like I don't understand how you can understand that differently. We were born in the wrong decade. Like, are you saying that we could be born in a future decade, which would be better? Yes, possibly. But if you look in the past, life is better than ever, and. You know, we're going to have an episode. We're recording an episode soon, guys, with uh, about climate change. Oh, yeah. Uh, so look forward to that. But it's the same shit, man. Yeah. It's like, it's like instead of like, instead of embracing the freedom that we have and using it to make the best of our lives, it seems like people are more and more interested in, a lot of people at least, in complaining. Mm -hmm. That's generation Y for you. That's generation. So, no, you know. Screw that, man. That's also one of the hey, things. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. No cussing. No cussing. Screw, screw that. It's not a, no, it's, it's not a cuss word. It's borderline. It's like P, if it's PG-13. But my point is that that's also like another thing. It's like I don't want to try and subscribe a whole generation to, or ascribe a whole, like one attribute to an entire generation. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, a billion people. It's okay. Not... So, anyway, so 2019 was a great year for the podcast. Just some stats to share with you guys. In 2018, we had about 130,000 downloads total. In 2019, almost 180,000. So, nice. yeah, 50,000 more downloads. Um, so that's great. And our top cities, 
our top cities, our, our top countries is uh, Israel. Uh, f- first of all, United States is the biggest country where people listen to us, and then USA, uh, and then, <laughs> then Israel America. and Canada. And the, okay, nice. the, our most uh, popular cities are Tel Aviv, uh, Los Angeles, and New York. Hey, shout out to Los, Los Angeles and New York. And so, yeah, it's been a great year for the podcast. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we've we've actually gone on YouTube this year yeah. and on Twitter. We've got amazing guests. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so thanks for listening. And thank stuff. you, guys. Really, thank you. Your listening and your support and... It uh, means a lot. It means everything to us. It really is what keeps us going. So uh, keep on... And thank you to our, on. to our collaborators. Yeah. Jewish Journal. We and also have a new Sheva. collaboration this year with Arut Sheva, Israel National News, which is amazing. Yeah, um, so we're really grateful. A whole new base of listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think what I enjoyed most about this last year and about our guest lineup, I think, is the diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I hate I, a lot of the times when diversity comes up in different uh, contexts, it's like a controversial word. Word. But uh, I think we chose to make this diverse, and that's what's uh, nice. And we had kind of guests from, like, every side of the spectrum. Right. From, you know... 95-year-old broadcaster. Yeah, to, to a... Transgender. Uh, transgender religious woman to a non-binary uh, uh, woman to... Or non-binary person mm-hmm. to, you know, the, the CEO of Breaking the Silence, mm-hmm. which is a uh, highly controversial left-wing uh, um, organization here that Everything organizes, we, we that had... organizes tours in the West Bank. Right. And we've had, you know, right-wing people and members mm-hmm. of Knesset. So it was like... as Because I, I think 2018 was also really diverse, but I think this year we like... Yeah. We, we exploded. broke the record, uh, cool. which was awesome. So, but a lot of good guests guests coming up. Yeah, here's a here's an email um, a listener wrote us. All right, Naorin, this is from Stephen Stephen from Texas. Naorin Eitan, listening to this podcast interview with David Abutbol about his contact with maybe you read it. All right, yeah, better. Naorin Eitan, listening to this podcast interview with David. Abbott Ball, I think he yeah. said. About his excuse me. Oh god. <laughs> about his contact with Megan it's Phelps life, Roger. <laughs> is a reminder that the love of God is what always sways the heart, mind, and soul of the individual to the way of God and Christ and not God's judgment. Listening to your podcast as a Gentile believer in Christ was very helpful in understanding the nutty thinking of the Phelps family toward people who do not agree with their interpretation of the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. The -the off-the-wall thinking of the Phelps family is a reminder of the Satmer sect of Judaism and Neture Karta, who do not believe in the existence of the nation of Israel. This statement is in no way comparing the Phelps family, Satmer and Neture Karta, as alike in their thinking, but when one looks objectively at the three groups, it is a reflection that any belief system that is is or is not based on the Bible shows a small group takes their group's views to an extreme that does not reflect reality before the everyday people. Keep up the great work on the podcast and interview people and topics. Thank you. So- Shalom from Texas, Stephen. Thank you so that's much, nice. Stephen. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a nice letter. That's really awesome. Guys, we really enjoy getting uh, yeah. letters and mail and comments and stuff. And, and reviews guys. on iTunes. And reviews. Let's read. Let's read the review on iTunes. Oh God. 
Yeah, we got a really, really nice review on iTunes. Oh, that's so nice. But it's so nice. I really like this because it kind of speaks exactly to what I was saying. Like, we like having people from different, uh, different views to kind of share. This is that's what this podcast is about. We like Texas. We love Texas and Texans. God save Texas uh, and Texans. Uh, But I think that's what like Two NJB is all about. It's about getting people to hear everybody Mm -hmm. and everything. It's all about listening. And here's a comment. Guys, if you listen on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, you got to go to the review section and leave us a review. It yeah. can be a horrible one, but it can also be a good one. Yeah. And here's one that... If you really hate us, spill your guts. Here's a nice one. Legitimately have been hooked for the last two weeks. This podcast is amazing. I'm an American Zionist teenager, writes Eden Jan. Super interested in Israeli life and everything associated with it. However, I couldn't find anything like it. Eventually, I landed on these guys speaking about everything from Israeli tech to breaking the silence, and I'm hooked. These guys are great podcast managers and amazing at interviewing. They're also legitimately coolest guys out there. Side note, my mother agrees. <laughs> Eitan and Naor, I thank you for taking your free time out and leading this. I personally am a huge fan, and I look forward to the future recordings. Thank so you so cool. much, Eden. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so wow. much. Wow. 2019 has been a good ah, year. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can wrap things up. Like, we didn't talk about you want to shave your head. I really want to shave my head. Um, what do you think, guys? Let's do a little yeah. poll. I'll post a poll later on our Facebook page. Well, I shaved my beard this time. It's not because, like, I, I tried and I missed. <laughs> it's just that <laughs> I shaved my beard. So I don't think I could shave my head quite yet because... I don't want to be like too hairless because mm-hmm. then I'll look like an egg. No, yeah. yeah. But uh, I'm gonna let my beard grow out a bit, and then I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go buzz cut first, mm, really okay. short, and then and then go all the but way. But then you gotta shave it daily, right? And take care, like sometimes you gotta let it grow out a little bit. But yeah, like on a, on shower, a weekly gotta... basis, I think. No, no, because you'll have a little bit of uh, it's like a beard mm. with like stubble. You have a bit mm. of stubble on your head. I'm not sure. I don't know, man. I'm not sure. You got to talk to an expert. Who's an expert? Let's you gotta... list a bunch of bald people now. <laughs> <laughs> bald, uh, boldness advisors or yeah. specialists yeah. and coaches. Okay. The only one that comes to mind I, right I now told... is Effie Nave. <laughs> <laughs> he has a good bald head. Yes. But I told Aidan that I think it's he, he can easily wait a year or two because from, from that angle, it still looks decent, I think. Now you're exposing the reason, man. I wasn't I wasn't prepared to talk about my ah, baldness. Okay. Guys, I'm going bald, so that's yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't choose to shave my head otherwise. <laughs> I yeah. wish I had a full no, head of hair. No able man. But would I yeah, but I got right. my mom's side of the jeans mm. and I'm going bald. It's a sad it's a sad day. Losing your hair I, you know, I'd rather lose an arm. But it brings me to the internal li- no, dilemma. Wouldn't. Right. Yeah. What's better, ha- be bald and tall, or short and with great hair? So we're saying, who's better, basically, yeah. me or you? Exactly. Uh, I would have to say me. <laughs> <laughs> That's objectively okay. speaking. No, though. but for I'm girls, not, you know. for for girls, what 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 do they prefer? Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. Talk to me after I shave my head. Okay. I'll probably be less confident. All right, guys. So okay, we're so gonna wrap it. things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 2019. This is uh, have this a, a great, great year. Yeah, it's not a Jewish year. Eh. It's a. What, do you know the Jewish year? No. Five thousand <laughs> six hundred. No, even in like Hebrew, you don't know Tash. 
Who knows? But um, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what the Jewish year. Do you have plans for the Sylvester? Yeah, I'm going to sleep at 11:30. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sleeping We're under so Sylvester. Old. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to a crazy New Year's party where I'm going to drink my <laughs> ass off and then go streaking through the streets of uh, Tel Aviv. No. No. <laughs> no. No. The second I hit 30 and it was legitimate to go to sleep before 12, the stri- the clock strikes 12, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm joining this, this club. Worth. Yeah. Anyway, guys, before we go, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal. They have great podcasts, columns, content. Check them out at jewishjournal.com. And we also collaborate with israelnationalnews.com, which is a Ruth Sheva. Arutz Sheva guys were on their website israelnationalnews.com and the Jewish Journal Jewish Journal no, I said it already ah okay but Arutz Sheva yeah Arutz Sheva <laughs> has also great content yes. daily like the, the website is loaded with content in English yeah. yeah check them out super interesting and we're also you, on their Facebook page when we go live yeah. so that that's that also guys we accept donations yes okay so, so if we do this on our free to time to start 2020 with a blessing yes from the Almighty Himself. You can donate chai, one eight chai zero thousand. zero zero <laughs> zero shekels. Yeah. Um, uh, the more zeros you add behind it, the more or chai n- it even is. Not nine nines are even better. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so yeah, go to twingb.com slash donate it. Help us out. Yeah. And that's it. And go to YouTube and subscribe. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.